Good morning. How are you guys today? Well, thank you, Bruce. That was very nice of you. It's, um, it's exciting to be here today. There's a lot of great things that have happened. Wasn't that a wonderful uh, talk from Shanna and explaining about her life and, and seeing how God can really come in and change the course of people's lives. And uh, I think most of us know at times we're, we're desperate for some change. We, we really need God and we, we need to have a God we can rely upon. And we're very fortunate because we do. We have a God who we are told in Scripture um, can be absolutely trusted. Uh, When Luke wrote his gospel, which we've been looking at for several weeks now and we'll be looking at today, we're actually told that it was written so that we may know the certainty of the things we've been taught. And I guess I wanted to tell you about a friend of mine in that regards. Um, I've got a friend... And if he was here today, you would really like him. He's just one of those guys that people really like. He's a follower of Jesus. Uh, He's clever. He's warm. He's generous. Um, If you had met him, you'd probably never know that he's held some incredibly high business positions. And um, he's just one of these great people. And over the years, he's been an incredibly good and generous friend to me, even though he ended up moving in very high circles. And when he got into some of these high circles, um, something happened. Uh, He was very high up in a major corporation that went through a collapse. And it was devastating. A lot of money involved. And uh, before long, he was told that he needed to go and see a solicitor, QC. And the first thing the QC said to him is, you're going to go to jail. <laughs> and he said, why? I, I haven't done anything wrong. He says, the, the QC says, it doesn't matter. Somebody will go to jail. You will go to jail. And if they can't find anything, they will find something. But you will go to jail. And you just have to get into your mind that at some point, you will go to jail. He was absolutely shocked. I mean, to tell you how much integrity this guy has... I was once in um, his offices, and um, big corporation, did a lot of uh, entertaining, and there was a whole wall full of Grange Hermitage wine, possibly 100, 150 bottles. Now, that would be worth somewhere between a million and a million and a half dollars. And I, I looked at this one, I go, that's amazing. How could you have a wall with that much wine? I said, are you allowed to take one? He says, yeah, sure, but I'll pay for it. If I have to take it, I'm allowed to take it for nothing, but if I take it, I'll pay for it. He was just a man full of integrity, even in the small things. And so it came as an incredible shock that uh, he was standing before a judge in the Supreme Court of New South Wales, and he was actually sentenced to two, three-year jail terms. And he's standing there, his wife, and uh, he's got a nice suit on, and before he knows it, He is down under the courthouse, Stellinghurt Courthouse. And he's just in shock. And and he's a Christian man and he's been praying and he was so hoping this would never happen. And he doesn't know what to do. And he's kind of in this room and it's just so scary and frightening. And he's praying and he's scared. And all of a sudden, a criminal-looking sort of chap, he said comes up to him, and he's sort of a bit scared, and he says, don't worry, mate, 
just get out of that suit as soon as you can. Get the green tracksuit on. Don't look anybody in the eye and you'll be fine. Well, he'd been praying, but that wasn't the answer he expected. He expected somebody to say, it's been a big mistake. But he went to jail. And he never got hurt. And he found himself in a position where he was ministering to people, particularly young offenders. He was made like a a whatever. He said, the only people who really gave me a hard time were the prison warders. Because their attitude was, you don't deserve to be here. (laughs) You shouldn't be here. These other guys, this is where they belong. (laughs) You're wasting our time. We don't like you. And he, he, he made these friends. Um, he told me about some of his friends and they're all drug dealers. He said, they're the nicest blokes. <laughs> he said, I would say to them, and what are you guys going to do when you're going to get out? We're going to deal drugs, that's what we do. <laughs> but he was in there and it, it was never easy. But God protected him and God blessed him. But it was always messy. And it was messy for his family and it was messy when he got out. And I guess one of the things I want to say to you that he learned, that that we're going to see in Scripture today, is that we do have a God that honours promises. We need to be certain about that. We need to hang on to the promises of God. But we need also to understand that those promises often happen in the most messy of ways. Because we're in a very messy world. We call it here a fragile and uncertain world. And that's the world into which we live. And that's the world into which God has made promises. And those promises often get fulfilled in ways you and I would never expect. Because we want the promises of God without the mess. But the promises are made within the mess. Be certain about the promises. Be certain there's going to be mess because we live in this fragile and uncertain world. But also be certain of this. God is going to provide in that mess for us as well. There's a situation in, in, in Acts chapter 18 where Paul was in real trouble. Paul the Apostle, this great Christian. He was being persecuted. He was being abused. And all of a sudden... He hears from the Lord. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you. Because I have many people in this city. And obviously also some people in the cells underneath Darlinghurst Court as well. You see what I'm saying? Let's look at Luke. Last week uh, Steve uh, uh, did a great job in, in telling us about this incident where Mary, this young girl, meets the angel who tells her these extraordinary things. It was messy, that's what Steve was saying. It was very messy. But immediately after this angel comes and goes, we read this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now, Elizabeth and Zechariah were kind of told the week before by an angel that they were going to have children as well, but not the same way. So there's all of these things going on. God is getting involved in honoring his promises, but boy, it's messy. 
Look at what uh, the Lord actually said to her. Steve looked at this last week. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How would this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? God decided to honor his promise by having a virgin. And we understand what that means. Steve talked about that last week. Virgin meant what it means now. And all of a sudden, the way God is going to actually honor a promise is to make a virgin pregnant in a society that had real problems with virgins becoming pregnant. He's going to make this one pregnant and there's no excuse. Mum and Dad, um, I want to explain to you how this happened. (laughs) Who's going to believe that? But look at the promises God is honouring. They are age old. They come nearly from the beginning of creation. The promises are all about straightening out the mess that this world has become. And this world became a mess when man and woman, Adam and Eve, basically said to God, we don't like your version of reality. We're going to buy into a lie that this messenger of Satan, a serpent, is pushing to us. And everything became terribly messy. And in the midst of this mess, this is what God said. This is one of the earliest promises in Scripture. It goes back to Genesis 3.15, and it says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, he's speaking to the serpent, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. That's the promise of God. Nobody for ages knew that referred to Jesus, but the offspring of a woman will crush your head, Satan. You'll strike his heel, he'll get terribly hurt, but he will crush your head. That was the promise. That was the promise. And then later on in history, roughly 700 years before this event where God has uh, spoken to uh, Mary and Elizabeth, through a prophet, this is what it said. In Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. This is the sign of the promise being fulfilled. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, everybody should have said, Mary's pregnant. She's claiming there's no earthly father and it's the Holy Spirit. This is the fulfilling of the promise. But because it was messy, nobody got it. Nobody understood it. They thought she just got pregnant the same way everybody else did, which was a problem out of marriage in those days. Look at the problem we actually see. We're going to go just to Matthew's Gospel for a second. This is what we read in Matthew 1, 19 to 21. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her Mary to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. It was disgraceful. Steve mentioned last week that Joseph was her boyfriend, and he was, and he was her husband and her boyfriend. There was a two-step process to marriage. You basically became betrothed to a girl or engaged, and then 12 months later, you were allowed to marry her, at which point you moved in together and became husband and wife in all of the normal ways. 
Now, why was there a 12-month wait? You wanted to find out if the goods were damaged. You wanted to find out. You got 12 months for that girl not to get pregnant. It was a way of making sure there was chastity within the marity. And it wasn't just all about morality. There was a lot of uh, issues all of, uh, around property and things like this, about who owned the property and all of that sort of stuff. It was a big deal. And so for a young girl to become pregnant outside of marriage was incredibly disgraceful. It was the basis for the divorce. She probably could have even been killed. Okay? Now, this is the mess that God dropped her in. But equally, God sent an angel to speak to Joseph and say, hey, it's okay. She's telling the truth. There's not another bloke. It's the Holy Spirit. It's all okay. And in verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins as God has already always promised. It's messy, but God will honor his promises. But can you see how already he is ministering to Mary? He's telling her betrothed, her husband, her boyfriend, that it's all okay. This is why we read in Luke 1, 39 to 40, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she greeted Zacharias, where she entered Zacharias' home and greeted Elizabeth. Why do you think she hurried down there? She'd been told by that same angel in 136 that even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her own age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. You're in mess. This other one's out of mess. Why don't you guys get together? You want to know why Mary hurries down there? She needs to be with somebody who's experienced the miracle of God, who gets it. Because nobody else is going to get it. Everybody else is going to think she's disgraceful, except her betrothed who's been told by an angel, it's cool. But at this point, the angel doesn't turn up to anybody else. So here she is. She is the one walking around bearing the promises of God, bearing the saviour of the world, and everybody's going to treat her like dirt. No wonder she goes down to see Elizabeth. It's extraordinary. What we actually see here in the next, uh, I've got a couple of verses up. We have the Matthew 1.19 again, and we had the reference there to disgrace. She would be disgraced to everybody but Joseph. And we see also in 125 that Elizabeth, when she's told in her own age, in her old age, that she will become pregnant, look at what she actually says. In this day, in these days, he has shown his favor, this is God, and taken away my disgrace. The one who is in disgrace runs to the one who knows all about disgrace. Isn't that where you want to be? Guys, we need to hang around with people who understand the promises of God and understand how messy they, they are. We need people like Shanna, who was sitting here, who's been through it. Do you think she could basically be a good shoulder to cry on? I wish she'd never gone through that garbage. You don't either. But she's stronger for it and she's wiser for it. And that's why God puts us together and that's why we're a church. We're here to go and serve, you know, we're Christ-centered, other people focused, but we've got to support each other in our Christ-centeredness. And God has provided people for you and me. We're not doing it on our own. And that is so relieving. 
I know probably some of you get sick of me occasionally and you get sick of each other occasionally. Well, maybe you don't get sick of me. But (laughs) God has put us here together to do this thing together in community, we say. And look what happens. In Luke 41 and 42, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, she goes down to the house. The baby, that's Elizabeth's baby, which is John the Baptist, leaps in her womb. And in a loud voice, she, Elizabeth, exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. There's no disgrace in this house. In this house, you are a queen. You are bearing the solution. It's wonderful, isn't it? In the midst of this terrible mess that's going to resolve the problem, God has provided people. And if you read back earlier, you would have seen that John the Baptist, the little baby in the womb, he gets the Holy Spirit even from conception. Why? So he can do this. God is taking care of every detail. We've got to look for it. Because sometimes all we see is the mess and we don't see anything else. And this is why we need to be so certain that we have a God who honors promises and we need to look for the honoring of those promises and the people that God puts around us. Look at what Elizabeth says. It's so touching. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This disgraced, she's probably a teenage girl. We don't know how old she is. She's got the world on her shoulders. I mean, it's one thing to be in disgrace, but all of a sudden, how do you think through I'm bearing God's child? <laughs> it's bad enough having a kid normally. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a big change. It's exciting and it's fearful. But she gets into this house and all of a sudden, Elizabeth, her aged aunt, who normally a young woman in that society would be showing so much deference to and respect. Why am I so favored that you would step across my door? And the baby leaps for joy. It's extraordinary. That's why we read that Mary hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Because there were two women with promises that God was fulfilling and they needed each other. Just like we do as God fulfills his promises amongst us. Look at what that goes on to say here. It it just gets better and better. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. That goes for us too. We, in the midst of whatever mess we're involved in, and there is plenty of mess, and you guys know it. We all know it. And the older you get, the messier it looks. You guys agree with that? Well, maybe you do, maybe you don't. That's, that, that's how I see it. I see the wonder of God amongst the people he puts around me, but I see a lot of mess. But there is a blessing in trusting in God. And in the middle of that mess, going, I've got a God that honors promises. He does. And look at what Mary says. Rather than feeling, oh, why is he choosing me? Can't he choose my cousin or somebody else to bear the child of good? As, God, as good as it is, couldn't he have found somebody else? How often have you found yourself in that situation where God wants you to serve somewhere And you're thinking, well, can't he find somebody else? I'm tired, I'm busy, I don't like the people. 
Surely out of seven billion people, there is somebody else. But look at what Mary says. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Why? For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. (laughs) I'm living this out in humility at the moment. I'm pregnant. I'm 15. Everybody thinks I'm disgraceful, but he has been mindful of me. He's provided for me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. I won't be called the bad girl for long. It's all going to change. Sometimes it doesn't change for a while, does it? My friend spent a lot of time in prison. The mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And he goes on, she goes on to say his mercy extends. But when we get down to verse 37... It's kind of like an earlier one, but it's so important. We're actually told this. What do you think about the promises of God? The very last line, for no word of God will ever fail. You're sitting here today, I don't know what you're facing. Some of you may be thinking you're facing more than you can ever bear. And on your own, that's true, but not with God. Hang on to those promises. Look at what it says in verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Didn't happen on the first day. It did, you know? Didn't happen on the second day. On the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. God honors his promises. We need to be certain about that. Many years ago, um, I was trekking in Nepal. I was doing the Annapurna circuit. I was on my own. And there are a whole lot of interesting people there. There were a lot of drug addicts there. I don't think they were with my friend in jail, but they should have been. But um, it was a crazy place. And there is this guy there, this German guy, and he's got this massive SLR camera. It's huge. And there'd been a problem that Nepal had been a very peaceful place. But all of a sudden, local people had started to understand they were getting paid very poor wages. And one of those SLR cameras was worth a year's wages, okay? So they started stealing them. It was really sad. Been a very peaceful place. So this German guy decides to go to the toilet, one of those big pit toilets, and he puts his SLR camera around his neck because he doesn't want anybody to steal it. Now, I don't know how he managed this, but he did manage to drop it into the pit. Now, Germans are very resourceful people. Very resourceful. So in he went. He was quite a sight when he came out, I can tell you as well. And I, was, I said to him later, after he'd gone and washed in the river or whatever he'd done, and then washed again and washed again, I said, why? Why did you go into that pit to get the camera? I mean, you could have bought another one. He said, I couldn't buy the memories again that are on the camera. I thought, mm. Gee, they'd want to be some memories, wouldn't they, right? (laughs) Now, I can't think of a better image of what God has done in sending his son, Jesus. That most precious of things, which is us, believe it or not, are in a whole lot of mess, and Jesus has just dived in because we are so precious to him. And we have a God who 
honors those sorts of promises. And it's not in some big general way, God. It's a personal thing. If you come to Jesus and you simply say, Jesus, I am sorry. I have not followed you. I have not honored you. My life has not glorified you. I have not lived the way you have wanted me to live. And you say, I'm sorry then all of a sudden that promise to turn around your life for eternity begins that day and everything changes. You become a brand new camera, not just a washed one. It's all clean. It works properly. And then there are new memories, okay? We've got an amazing God. Don't doubt him. These things are written so that you can have the certainty of the things you've been taught. And this is certain, that God promised to reverse the effects of sin and to send his son to do so, to be born to a virgin. And he was born to a virgin, and then he went and died on a cross. And it's all sorted out. But there's still a fair bit of mess. Isn't he great? Don't forget him. Let's pray. Lord God, wow, that we would be so privileged to be called your own sons and daughters, to be so valuable and precious in your sight that you would put a plan into place using the oddest of people, an old woman to have John the Baptist, a very young girl to have your son out of marriage, that you would do this myriad of things all so that you could honor your promise to people like us. Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you. And if there is anyone here today who wishes to say sorry to God and wants to move on and become a follower of Jesus, then just take this opportunity to step into this different life that can begin now. All you have to do, it has to be sincere, but all you have to do is say, Jesus, I am sorry. Is it on your heart today? Is that something you'd like to say? Then say it. Jesus, I am sorry. Jesus, I believe on the cross you honored God's promise. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. Just say that. And Jesus, I want to follow you now all the days of my life, through thick and thin, through whatever mess, knowing that you will hold my hand along the way. Just say that to him. And if you have said that today for the first time, Welcome to the kingdom of God. And I want you to come up and speak to me or to Steve at the end of this time. We need to take you on to the next step. We need to get you baptized. We need to take that profession of faith and go through the way God wants it to be done through. God bless. Have a wonderful day. And I trust it's the beginning of a new day of entering God's promises. Amen.